This is Vaya con Munoz with Natalia Munoz on 96.9 WHMP. Here we go. Larry, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Today you're going to talk about a film that's quite uplifting, that seems entertaining, that doesn't add to our collective depression. Yeah, it's a real difference from what we've been talking about in the last few shows. We talked about LA-92 and the Rodney King riots and who streets in Ferguson and those things that really get Syria you down. Syria and everything. So this is just a pause or parentheses. Right. Thank but this you. is also a film about a revolution. Uh, a quieter one, but maybe it's just as important. The film is called The B-Side, Elsa Dorfman's Portrait Photography. Oh my God, what a terrible title. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a promising title at all, but the film is by the great documentarian Errol Morris. Do you know him? Yes, Thin Blue Line, yes. Fog of War. So knowing that, I was really primed to enjoy it, and I wasn't disappointed. And in fact, I think this is easily one of the best films of the year. Do you want to know why? Yes, <laughs> I, I do. Why? Well, the revolution I mentioned is feminism, but you wouldn't know that at all from the beginning, beginning of the film, or even maybe from the middle. It takes a while for it to grow on you. Uh, the idea of major societal change comes slowly in this film as you get to know the title character, Elsa Dorfman. She's a self-described nice Jewish girl from Boston. And the nice Jewish girl bit, which she repeats several times, it's key, because it reveals the expectations of what her family, friends, parents, teachers, everybody she knows, they all thought she should be, which was anything but what she became, which is a subtly subversive photographer. And if you've heard of her at all, have you heard of her? Yeah. I, I, had, I had not heard of her, but I had heard of her work because she has a reputation as the most prolific user of Polaroid's large portrait camera. And that's, the, there's two. Uh, the smaller large portrait one takes instant 20 by 24 inch prints. But she actually, after a while, got to use Polaroid's mammoth giant camera, which is bigger than she is, which makes these prints that are six feet tall. Uh, at one point, Errol Morris asks her if she thinks the camera tells the truth. And her answer, absolutely not. Just the right answer. Any old artist should say that. Um, but she says it's a form of truth, an underlying emotional truth. This woman, Elsa, she gave her clients a choice of which of two prints they wanted. She would make two prints at every sitting, and they, they would keep the one they thought was the best, and she kept the rejected one, the B-side. Remember B-side from 45 RPM Records? Yes, the, I do. The A-side was the, the pop hit, right? and the B-side sometimes became a hit later on, but it was the, the one for the aficionados to listen to, exactly. but it was not played on the air. So the B-side is the reject. And that's the, the title of the, of the film. But for her, the rejects were often much more rewarding. So this is a good time for us to play a little audio from the film. Now look right at the lens. Don't look at me, even though it's very tempting. Elsa, do you think the camera tells the truth? Absolutely not. If you take 20 pictures in two minutes, and they're so different. That's what I love about it. It's not real at all. In those days, it was unheard of for a nice Jewish girl not to live with her parents. My mother was always telling me I was ridiculous. I was hired in New York as a secretary. I met all these people, and there I was. What was easier than taking pictures? You had to be called something. What could be better? My camera. I'm a photographer. Portraits have always been what's interesting to me. So why do I like this film so much? Why? Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> For one thing, Elsa is totally real. There's nothing of the celebrity about her. She's not particularly attractive. She's a woman of a certain age, whatever that means. Uh, she's been in a long relationship with the activist lawyer, 
Harvey Silverglade, who I knew much more about him than I knew about her. They have a son. She's a devoted mother. Well, so what else is new? She sounds so average. Well, she was best friends with Allen Ginsberg and a whole bunch of the other beat people. She photographed him naked, which you see a lot in the film, and herself as well. And she does it with total candor and complete lack of embarrassment. She is the master of the self-portrait, the selfie, long before, long before it's trendy. And those portraits reveal a playfulness and subversiveness that are almost visceral. I mean, you really feel it looking at her. But you know what a release cable is? No. It's not a form of, of communication. <laughs> is this something I can use with Trump? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Let him go. Let him go. So the release cable is that cord between uh, you and the camera. It's not remote. It's, a, it's an actual physical thing. You just push a button, it pulls a cable, in, and, and it uh, releases the shutter. Um, so that's the cord that allows her to take these portraits at a distance. And that release cable becomes a character in her photos because you see the big, long cable. She's sitting on a couch. This cable cuts across almost at a di diagonal in the photograph. And it reminds us that she's in control. And at the same time, she's tethered to her instrument, her art. And at the same time, she's unbounded by convention. It's really a great kind of ironic statement when you see that cable. Uh, she's the only person interviewed in this whole film. And we see her husband, but not interviewed, and it's a telling scene when we see him. He's at his office where he's working at his computer, and he's totally unfazed by the workmen who are packing up these giant Polaroid portraits that are on his wall. He doesn't even look up once as these guys <laughs> are moving around. It's as, if, it's as if he lives in his law world, and she's in her art world, and somehow the two just gel perfectly. She's the main character, as I said. But Errol Morris is the off-camera interviewer, and he comes across as a thoughtful and caring friend. Not as a, a traditional journalist with that kind of even-handed approach. He's conversational, he's often challenging, but he's always respectful, and most important, he's insightful in the way he asks the questions. He really knows this woman well. So this is a film about a living photographer. It's a natural topic for a documentarian. It's kind of a dream topic in a way because there's always something to show. Uh, but Morris rises above the subject matter. He creates a portrait of a woman so totally comfortable in her skin, so competent, talented and, talented and courageous, that you almost forget how revolutionary her career has been. So the film is The B-Side, Elsa Dorfman's Portrait Photography by Errol Morris. It's available online in several places. It's a very good website. See it and enjoy it yourself and take a selfie while you're watching and send it to us. <laughs> <laughs> So she came from the trailer that I saw. It looks, it appears as if she came of age in the fifties. Is that correct? It's just a little bit later. Um, is she a sixties child? She's or? she's she's about. I'm guessing she's around seventy. Mm -hmm. uh, she goes to New York mm -hmm. and she uh, gets a gig as a photographer before she even knows what a photographer is. Somebody hands her a Hasselblad camera, mm -hmm. says, "Hey, just use this," yeah. and she starts taking pictures of the of the poets in the beat scene, but then. Her family puts some pressure on her. Come home, you know, get a real job. So she goes to school and gets trained as a teacher. And what, I think one of her principals says something to her like, you're not made for this, are you? <laughs> this is not the career for you. And she decides to, to go out and on her own. One of the most charming things in this film are these pictures of her wheeling a grocery cart through Harvard Square in Cambridge, selling her photographs for a dollar or two dollars each. In, in what era? In what decade? Are this is in the early 70s. Wow. You know, during a kind of hippie era, era when you can get away with this kind of thing. Yeah. Maybe you can get away with it now, but I don't think she stood out that much. She was harassed by the police, mm -hmm. and she said, no, I have the First Amendment right to be out here. 
I don't know whether she was with her first amendment activist lawyer husband at the time. <laughs> this is this is somebody when you look at her you wouldn't you would not think twice you would not think this is a, a celebrity artist you would think in fact, she's wearing a house dress through the whole interview. She doesn't dress up for the interview. And the reason that, that what prompted Mer, uh, Errol Morris to do this film is that she, she's retiring. Mm-hmm. She's taking a step back. Well, I thought that, with the, from, again, from the trailer, the pictures that I saw, the footage that I saw of her, it's black and white footage when she was much, much younger. I thought she was a pretty girl, a pretty young woman. Este, and then when you raise the Errol Morris, what do you think of that, of, of that uh, tactic for the... D- director to have his or her voice in this case his voice such a big part of the document well it's almost like breaking the wall breaking the, through the fourth wall uh, i think it's wonderful the documentary did you do that did, did you do I, I, in one of my films i, I did a, a film called imagining robert uh with jay nugaborn about his brother uh robert who had been in uh, um, mental institutions psychiatric hospitals for for 40 years and I was on the film for seven years, and I was the cinematographer and the director. So, and eventually he would start talking to me and, and calling me by name in the film. So that really changes things. But that's there's many genres of film. There's the there's the biographical, there's autobiographical, there's a straight journalistic approach. You know, there's the, there's the environmental film, there's the clip show, which is just archival. You know, there's the expose. You can go on and on. So there's nothing wrong with a journalist. Uh, well, in this case, Morris is not saying he's a journalist. He's saying he's a friend. He's an artist, a fellow artist, and he's trying to get a sense of what his friend Elsa is like and thinking at the time of this life when she's looking back. And because she can pick up a photograph for almost everything she says, he calls it the B-side, but you could call it the B-roll. Because <laughs> 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 it's B-roll for just about every phrase she utters. So he doesn't take away from it by putting himself in no, there. No, he, he adds, adds to, to the. He adds to it. He to, has to. to he's, a, he's, a, he's a brilliant filmmaker. Just about everything he's made is is worth is worth watching. The only film of his I, I didn't write like is the uh, one about Donald Rumsfeld, which is so similar to Fog of War, except that McNamara in Fog of War is so much more interesting and, and more intelligent than Rumsfeld, who after a few minutes say, I can't stand listening to this guy anymore. I hated him when he was in power, and I hate him now. Whereas McNamara, you learn new things about him all the time. It's true. I saw the I saw, I saw all of them. The the fog of war, the the Rumsfeld, the thin blue line, the Rumsfeld one. I had a similar reaction in that I didn't learn anything new. Nothing. He holds himself very tight. This right. Rumsfeld. Well, you see, even in those films, Morris puts himself in the film mm-hmm. because his voice is always there. And in traditional documentary, you ask questions so that they can be answered without you needing to hear the question. Right. You say to people, please provide the content, the context of, the, of my question and your answer, because my voice is going to be cut out. But Morris doesn't cut his voice out. And that gives you a little bit more freedom. It changes, it changes the style. It's a different genre of filmmaking. And it's, it's not about the filmmaker, but it involves the filmmaker. If you have a really brilliant filmmaker like Morris, it works. If somebody isn't quite as, as intelligent and talented as he is, it could be a bore. So you heard that. If you're not intelligent and talented, we don't want to hear your voice. Thank well, you very much. I, I, I don't know, Natalia. Here, here I am. What, that sounds like hubris. Irony, but. irony. <laughs> Thank you very All much, right. Larry. See you next time. This is Via Con Munoz with Natalia Munoz on 96.9 WHMP.